Well, good morning, Village Church. Glad to be with you, worshiping God together and studying His Word. Special day for us, as Pastor Michael and his family are returning to the church. They might actually be on site at one of your services. So make sure you take time to look for the fuelings as they gather around this week, as we welcome them back from his sabbatical and the time he's out away. So we come to God's Word. Would you open your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 18? Exodus 18. Let me bow together for a word of prayer. Lord, we give you thanks for your word. Oh, how good it is to read it and how good it is to speak to our hearts and lives. I thank for the Holy Spirit is able to come and take the word of God and not just implant it in our hearts, not only just to renew our minds, but use it to transform us to be like Christ. And as we look at your word, Lord, you have the capacity with your spirit to be people who need to be encouraged in their walk with you. So we ask you to do that for them this morning. We think of people who need to be comforted, going through a difficult time, a trial in their life, need to know your comfort. And Lord, there's others who have stepped off that path and find themselves with their eyes not on Jesus, and they need to be exhorted and called back to following you. So whatever it is you need to do in our lives, ration your spirit, that invitation to your spirit to work in each one of us through the power of your word, in order that you can conform us and mold us and shape us to be like your dear son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, our family took a vacation one summer to visit some friends in Iowa. When we got to Stephen Pearl's house, we talked about things to do, and we found out there was a boat show going on at the lake. So our two families went to the lake, and we got there. All of a sudden, we discovered they actually had a fountain powerboat. Now, if you've never seen a fountain powerboat, they're between 35 and 45 feet long. They got two engines in the rear that can be up to 500 horsepower for each or bigger. And when you sit in that boat, you sit way in the back, and that whole front end goes way out in the front. And when that thing starts up, you cannot believe the power and the sound of the, that boat taking off from the water. Well, we found ourselves standing in line. We were standing in line for 45 minutes. And finally, our two families are standing there. We're next. The boat comes back. The people get out. He pulls a chain across. He says, I'm sorry. That's the last one for the day. And we were disappointed. We were so disappointed. Couldn't tell anybody how disappointed we were. We were disappointed after waiting that long in line that we could not take a ride on that boat. Now, you've probably experienced something just like that. You've waited in line for something for a long period of time, and all of a sudden you get to the front, and they shut it down. And there's this disappointment that you have of what's going on. Well, that's no different than for the Israelites. We find in this passage they're dealing with this unheard disappointment. Something they hadn't talked about, something that frustrates them, and how does God deal with that unheard disappointment? Well, we're introduced to it by Jethro. That is Moses' father-in-law, and here's what we read in verse 1. Now Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Well, we're told it's a father-in-law, but something else important to pay attention to. It says he was a priest of Midian. That tells you he's actually a pagan worshiper of God and a pagan priest in the worship that they do. But there's also something else interesting here. He makes reference to both God and Lord. Now here's just a lesson about Hebrew. In the Old Testament, there's three different words for the name of God. There's Elohim, there's Yahweh, and there's Adonai. When you speak of Elohim, it's the all-powerful creating God, like Genesis 1. You use Yahweh as the personal God who created man out of the dust and made the covenant with man. And when you're out or night, it is Lord, and it deals with that relationship that you have with him. 
Now, these three words are important, but it's also interesting. Translators have helped you in your Bibles to know which Hebrew word is used. So if you see here in the text, it says God. Every time it says God, that's Elohim. If you look at the second word here, it's Lord, but it's all capital letters, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That tells you the translator is saying that's the name for Yahweh. And if you see a capital L, lowercase o-r-d, that's Adonai. So it's just making an awareness of that in your own study of the scriptures, of those three names of God, and the importance of that when you study a passage, because the author or the speaker is trying to make a point of which aspect of God they want to focus on. So we have Jethro talking here. He hears what happens, and he has this invitation he's going to give to Moses and all. Verse 2, And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Moses' wife Zipporah, after he had sent her away, and her two sons, of whom one was named Gershom. For he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. And the other was named Eleazar. For he said, The God of my father was my help, and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness where he camped at the Mount of God. And he sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you and your wife and your two sons with her. So this reuniting, Moses and his family are going to be reunited with Moses at this time. And Jethro's with them too. And you've got this great opportunity to see these two, this family all coming back together out of all that Moses has gone through. But then we hear the actual meeting taking place. Verse 7. Then Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. And he bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other about their welfare and went into the tent. So Moses shows his great respect for his father-in-law. He bows down before him. He kisses him. They go into the tent and they sit down to talk. And here's the meeting and what takes place. Now pay attention as we read through here how Jethro responds to everything that Moses says. Verse 8. So Moses told his father-in-law all the Lord, that's our Yahweh, had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians and for Israel's sake. All the hardship that they'd befallen them on the journey and how the Lord had delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced over all the goodness the Lord had done to Israel in delivering them in the hand of the Egyptians. So the first thing he does is he rejoices. You find him actually almost praising Yahweh for what had taken place. 2, verse 10. So Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of Pharaoh and who delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. So now you have him blessing the Lord. This is this pagan worshiper of Midian. Now all of a sudden shifting his heart and his mind to rejoicing over Yahweh, blessing Yahweh. He continues in verse 11. Now I know that the Lord, and that's our word Yahweh, is greater than all the gods. Indeed, it was proven when they dealt proudly against the people. So now he elevates God, the God of the Israelites, above all his gods and all the other gods. And he affirms who Yahweh is. He continues making sacrifices in verse 12. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law before God. So now they have sacrifices, share a meal together, and you find in your sense, you sense all of a sudden, Jethro's heart is changing. There's this pagan worshiper who somehow finds his mind and his words shifting to all of a sudden giving recognition to Yahweh, the God of Israel, and you sense his heart changing 
of allegiance from his pagan gods to possibly this worship of Yahweh. Well, then comes this situation where after we've seen this meeting of the two, now we're going to get the counsel of Jethro to Moses in verses 13 to 23. Here's what we read. It came about the next day that Moses sat sat to judge the people, and the people stood about Moses from the morning until evening. So get the picture here. I want you to just get the picture. Moses sits down, stands before the people, or sits down. Starts early morning, all the way to the evening, and the people are all around him this whole time. Just imagine this long line of people waiting to talk to Moses. He continues. Now when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this thing you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit and judge all the people who stand about you from morning to evening? So he questions Moses. What are you doing? Got this long line of people waiting to talk to you. From morning to evening, you're doing it all by yourself. You're all alone. He continues. Moses says to his father-in-law, verse 15, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, it comes to me. And I judge between a man and his neighbor and make known the the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you are doing is not good. So Moses says these people are coming. And he identifies here it's a dispute. Now, Now, the Hebrew word here could be translated just thing or just word or just something. It doesn't mean there had to be a sharp disagreement between people. It could be something really simple, of great concern that they need to get advice or counsel from Moses on. It could be a difference between their neighbor. It could be something in the family, but just they're coming to get advice and counsel from Moses for him to say, well, here's what you should do. And it doesn't mean there's harsh argument taking place. It's something that they need his advice and counsel on. So we find out what happens next. Verse 17. Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you are doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out and these people who are with you, for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Pay attention to this. He says, Moses, because all these people are standing in line waiting to talk to you. They're gathered around here all day long and you stand here alone. You're going to wear yourself out. But interesting, he's not only going to wear them out, He's going to wear all the people out, too. Everybody is worn out by this process, by Moses doing this. Uh, You know what that tells me? When we start thinking of the idea that we have unheard disappointments, they're going to wear everybody out. It doesn't just wear out the one listening. It wears out everybody else who can't be heard. And when we have unheard disappointments, it just wears us out out. Now this is a great word that is used here for wearing something out. Here's how it's used. It's used if you think of a leaf up in a tree that all of a sudden after a while this leaf starts withering and falls to the ground. That's the same word. It's that picture. It's used and we all have this feeling right now in our backyards. We have grass that was green in the spring and with a lack of water we're finding all of a sudden it's starting to turn a little brown because it's fading away. It's used the mountains when all of a sudden this huge mountain and all of a sudden internally it uses it loses its strength, it crumbles to the ground. And and what he's telling us, listen, when you start thinking about wearing people out, think about a withered 
leaf. Think about a crumbling mountain. Think about fading grass. But he has one more. He talks about the fading of a flower. Now, Mel had her birthday this past May. It was one of those decade birthdays. So I went out and bought her flowers, tulips actually, for every year of her life. We had this planter sitting on our vase, sitting in the middle of our dining room table. We had all these beautiful tulips in there. And I remember I started coming out in the morning, sitting down with my Bible and my cup of tea. And every morning I'd sit down, all of a sudden I started realizing these flowers were fading. How did I know that? I started picking up the petals that were sitting in front of me. And piece by piece, I would take flowers out. Piece by piece, it got smaller and smaller until there were none left. Why? Because they had all faded away. Now that is Moses' picture or Jethro's picture of what happens here. He says when all of a sudden we have this whole idea of unheard disappointments, frustrations taking place that we can't get settled, they start wearing us out. They start working us down. They start exhausting us in a way that we need help and encouragement because they will wear us out. I want you to just imagine this. Just put yourself into the life of the Israelites. Just imagine if you were in some situation that you were doing your job on a regular basis. You know, you got up every morning as a slave. You did your work as a slave. Everything went just fine. Then all of a sudden something changed. And all of a sudden you had to leave that. And now you had to work at home every day. You're no longer going to work anymore. You've got this new job at home that you do every day. And now... You're at home 24-7 with your family, your kids every day, your spouse every day. You can't go anywhere but be with your family every day. Just imagine what that is like. And then all of a sudden, you get rid of the Pharaoh, but now you've got Governor Moses telling you how to live and what to do. And your life has changed dramatically. And all of a sudden, that exhaustion of just being at home, that sense of being with your kids all the time. And haven't you been in the car Going on vacation? Wonderful times you have together? No sooner you in the car with your kids? Are we almost there, Dad? And all of a sudden, the frustration you have out of this great, wonderful event, going on vacation with your family, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it just wears you down. That's what he's talking about here. We've all experienced this. We all find ourselves worn down. We get worn down by these unheard disappointments things that bother us, things that concern us, things we want to talk about, but there's nobody to hear us because Moses is done for the day and I have to go home without talking to him. I come back the next day. I wait in line all day. You know what? I still don't get to talk to Moses. And we have these unheard disappointments and just wears us out. So what do we do with this? Here's where his counsel comes through. Verse 19. Now listen to me. This is Jethro. I shall give you counsel or advice. And God be with you. You will be the people's representative before God. And bring the disputes before God. Now listen. Listen to what he's going to tell them to do. Here's his instruction. First, then teach them the statutes and the laws and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and the work that they are to do. So the first thing he tells Moses, Moses, you're going to have to teach the people and teach some particular people how to walk in righteousness and the right things to do. Why? Here's the second thing, verse 21. 
Furthermore, you shall select out of all the people, able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain. You shall place these over them as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, and fifties, and of tens. He says, okay, here's what you need to do. You can no longer do this alone. You have to divide up the camp. You got to think of all these people and create a system where it gets all the way down to somebody in charge of just 10 people that you've taught and trained. What kind of people? It's not anybody. He's very clear. Who are these people? These are men and leaders who, what? First, fear God. Two, men of truth and men who hate dishonest gain. There's character important for these people who are going to judge. So he says, here's what you're going to do, Moses. You're going to be at the top. You're going to teach all these people. You're going to assign them all a task. They'll be down to their group, and they're going to be ones who listen to all these concerns. All these unheard disappointments will finally be heard by the people and the nation. He continues, verse 22. Let them judge the people at all times. Let it be that every major dispute they will bring to you, but every minor dispute they themselves will judge. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. Now catch this. What's the outcome of this? If he listens to his counsel, instead of wearing himself out, instead of wearing all the people out, here's what he says. If you do this thing, verse 23, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure. That word endure means to stand and continue standing. Moses, you won't be so weakened that you have to sit down all the time. You can actually stand and keep leading the nation. And two, all these people also will go in their place. Catch this. In peace. Wonderful Hebrew word. One that we all know. Shalom. He says, you're going to give the people peace. Why? You have this disappointment or these unheard disappointments that are finally heard. And when they hear them and somebody's listened to them, you're going to find out it brings peace to the hearts. Moses, you got people you're wearing out. You got people who are frustrated and disappointed. If you take the time to work through a system where you teach and select and put this in order, you will find that all of a sudden you will be able to stand and continue doing what you're supposed to do. And the people will have peace in their hearts. So here's what Moses does. He actually changes what he does. Verse 24 to 27. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all he had said. Moses chose able men out of Israel, and he made them heads over the people, leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and tens. And they judged the people at all times. The difficult disputes, they bring those to Moses. But every minor dispute they themselves judged. Then Moses bade his father-in-law farewell, and he went on his way into his own land. Here's what we find out. Moses finds himself actually doing what he was told to do. What's that mean? When we start thinking about unheard disappointments, we'll wear everybody out. So what you need to do is find a way that everyone is heard. If everybody's going to get worn out with these unheard disappointments, you've got to find a way that everybody can be heard what's going on in their hearts. You know, oftentimes for us, being heard is what we want. We know you can't bring resolution. You can't solve things. It's just being heard is what we want. You know, we all may be struggling with feelings at this time. 
We all may find ourselves struggling with anger. We may be frustrated. We may be bargaining with God. We may find ourselves in a place of disappointment. We may even find ourselves accepting it. It's just where life right now through this whole COVID thing just isn't going as we wanted. And we have all these emotions that we're struggling with. But, but they're for real. I mean, let's really be honest with ourselves. There are things that we're disappointed with because there are experiences we ne- could not have. How many of us thought there would be a wedding we'd attend this summer, but didn't happen? How many showers did you think you might go for that bride, but they didn't happen? How many birthday parties were just people driving by in their cars, and it didn't happen? How about a family picnic that you did every year on July 4th, and it didn't happen? There's disappointments. There's disappointments we've all felt. There's disappointments we've all experienced. There's holidays we want to celebrate in. There's vacations that have been canceled that we couldn't do. And we find ourselves looking at things and we're disappointed for what has happened. And how about the life of the church? How disappointing it's been that we can't meet face to face. Oh, it's good we can hear the word this way. We can sing this way. We can be in backyards. But but folks, we're all feeling the same thing. We have this unheard disappointment. God, we really want to just be together. And not only that, we start planning for the fall. And we just add more disappointment to you, too. Also, we talk about Awana, community groups, village kids, women's ministries, Bible studies, men's ministry. And what we find, they will not be like they normally are. And we all find ourselves finding this unheard disappointment. And what we need to realize is, that everybody needs to be heard. And that somehow we have to find ways that we're heard. We can't change any of that. That's what it's going to be. But somehow when we have these unheard disappointments that will wear everybody out, we have to find a way that we can be heard. So I want you to think about that personally. You go to work. Some of you own your own businesses. Some of your bosses at work, your leaders at work and all. Are you conscious about the unheard disappointments of the people that work for you, that you work with, that somehow they wish there was somebody who could hear them and you can actually do that ministry to them and provide a way that they could be heard. Think about your marriage. Oh, some of us are talkers, some of us are listeners, but what I found out in COVID, everybody's a talker. But are we really hearing the disappointment? Are we allowing people to share their disappointment and they know we can't change it? And I'm not talking about complaining. I'm not talking about being angry at people. I'm just talking about being able to be heard that there's been a cost during this period of time. And in your marriage, are you actually listening to your spouse or what they feel and what they think? Parents, have you actually talked with your kids about some of their disappointments? Maybe they didn't go on that vacation you've done every year to the same place, and you're not going. They say it's fine, but, but you know it's a disappointment. There's some activity you've canceled. There's some team they always played on. But somehow have a disappointment. As a parent, have you taken the initiative to hear their unheard disappointment? Why, it's going to wear them out. And they just need a way that they can share what is going on in their life. We find ourselves talking even as a church. We find ourselves wrestling with the idea that there's unheard disappointments. And do we find ways that they can be heard so your hearts can be cared for. 
What happened with Moses would all of a sudden he was able to stand and bring leadership to that nation. But you know what it brought to the hearts of the people? There was peace that they had in their hearts. People want to be heard. And if they want to be heard, we have to pay attention because we have those unheard disappointments that will wear them out. Now, this is true in the early church, too. Acts chapter 6, here's what happened. There was a neglected group of widows that the apostles were unable to take care of. So what did they do? They selected another group of men, great character of men, to make sure everyone was cared for. Because why? Those unheard disappointments had to have a way that they were heard. You know, one of the great verses in the New Testament is, is Galatians 6.2, where it identifies for us that we're to bear one another's burdens. And that word burdens is something that's too heavy for me to carry by myself, and I need somebody to come alongside and carry it with me. Folks, we're talking about being burden bearers, every one of us in the church. Somehow when we have a friend who has an unheard disappointment, that we find a way for them to be heard. And that way could be you who does it for them. Everyone has a call to do that, to bear one another's burdens. Every one of us understands what it is to have that disappointment. But somehow when we've heard, things can change. As we stood on that boat dock that day, the guy closed everything down, started chatting with us a little bit, and found that we were not from Iowa, that we were from out of state. We were actually from North Dakota. And he thought that was pretty interesting since somebody from North Dakota was all the way there to ride on that boat. So he paused for a little bit, realized our disappointment, and said, you know what, we'll do one more ride. And we were able to hop on that fountain, hop on that big, powerful boat, and off we took for a ride with our family. Because why? There was this unheard disappointment. And this guy found a way to make sure we were heard. Folks, I'm not sure your circumstance, where you're working, what God's doing in your heart. But if we all have these unheard disappointments, we're going to wear everybody out. Unless we find a way that everybody can be heard. Let's bow for prayer. Oh Lord, we all know how this feels. We're just like these Israelites. We've all stood in lines like them. We've all waited to be heard and somehow have been unable to do that. Lord, even if we look at the word today and we look at our family in our room or in the outdoor in the backyard that we're at, so each one of us sitting there is probably some disappointments that somehow life has not gone as we had planned. But yet, Lord, you come along and tell us we're to bear one another's burden. So open our eyes that we can see the people around us. Open our hearts that we care for the people around us, that we can unburden ourselves, but unburden others. So that all of a sudden we are not unheard disappointments, but we are people who have been heard by one another. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.